Hey there and welcome to Melody Schumann Breaks It Down. Guess what? My name is Melody Schumann and I'll be your host today. Today is my fourth podcast and it's on the stages of development for 10 to 14 year olds. Now this particular topic is very special to me because when I conduct my instructor certifications, this is part of the course, this particular age group, and I usually have 10 to 14 year olds in my audience and it's kind of bittersweet for them because they have a lot of shortcomings in their particular stage of development, but at the same time, they have so many great strengths. And when I'm talking about their stages of development, I'll get a lot of aha moments from the audience, aha moments from parents and teachers of 10 to 14 year olds that go, hmm, maybe I should be approaching certain things a little bit better, or I could be approaching them a little bit better. But also aha moments from the 10 to 14 year olds They're thinking in their mind, wow, somebody actually gets me and understands me. And at the same time, they're more motivated to listen to what their shortcomings are and also try to find daily solutions to help them overcome all these little shortcomings that they have. And at the same time, more appreciative of their strengths and also seeing why and where their strengths have great value. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. Let's talk about the physical stage of development for 10 to 14 year olds. Now, typically 10 to 14 year olds, they have great technique and they typically have great agility, but they can be lazy, which leads to sloppiness. Now, during this part of my instructor certification, normally I'll have the average 10 to 14 year old look up at me and give me the stern look because I just insulted them. But then I have to clarify and go a little bit deeper so that they understand where I'm getting at. So I'll ask the audience, to raise their hand if they know why children between the ages of 10 to 14 year olds are typically very sloppy. And usually I'll get the answers, they lack motivation, uh, they don't care, they feel entitled. And all these answers, although they may sometimes be a little bit right, they're way off track on the purpose of what I'm trying to bring across when I talk about them being lazy and being sloppy. When you think about it, If you look at the age group that we're talking about, 10 to 14 year olds, they're transitioning from their child body to their adult body. Their physical development is rapidly growing, and which means that there's a lot of hormones running through their body, and it's just exhausting. Now, this is important to understand because if you're a parent of a 10 to 14 year old and you have a son and you tell him to go take out the garbage and he slowly gets up. And he's walking like a caveman and acting like he's been on his feet for 48 hours straight with no sleep. And he has no desire or motivation to want to take out the garbage. Maybe you'll understand where he's coming from a little bit more. Doesn't mean that you should condone being lazy or sloppy. Just helps you understand these are expectations that you should should have for them. Uh, Other things that you should expect from this age group is that they're going to be sloppy on things that are easy physically. Because their body is exhausted, because they're physically going through so many changes, anything that's just not exciting or just very simple, you're not gonna, you shouldn't expect them to put a lot of energy and effort into it because they're kind of subconsciously conserving their energy. So I like to use analogies in my martial arts class where if you're just doing simple punching drills, don't expect them to give 100% energy and strength into that punch. Another thing you should expect from them in their physical stage of development is to be really goofy on physical challenges, uh, things that are intimidating uh, to them. 
they're not going to put forth that great technique and agility, underlying agility that you know they have if it's initially intimidating to them. Because sometimes they just don't believe that they physically have what it takes to do this move. However, that's not the case. 10 to 14-year-olds are in that stage of development where they physically can do many great things that they don't realize. In my martial arts classes, this is where really a large percent of my preteens and teens, this is where they start doing backflips and 540s and all kinds of other extreme kicks that me as a 40-year-old adult, I cannot do. I can no longer do. So in their physical stage of development, they have the ability to do it, but your expectations should not be there. So what you want to do is understand sometimes when they're sloppy, sometimes when they're lazy, it's not because they lack motivation or because they have this sense of entitlement. It's just because their body's going through these rapid physical changes and you need to address it accordingly. Be very patient with them. Try to intrinsically motivate them to put forth more physical effort. Now, Let's talk about their intellectual stage of development, and I love doing this because when I tell them that they're lazy, then I come right back and I give them a huge compliment. They are extremely smart. They are actually, usually, the smartest people in the room. Now, this is not me making it up. There's an entire global franchise that is based around how intelligent kids in this age group are. It's called, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Think about it. If you worked out for six hours a day, five days a week, for the last six to ten years of your life, how great of shape would you be in? You would be in phenomenal shape. You would be a professional athlete, probably an Olympic athlete. Am I right? Absolutely. Think about the 10 to 14-year-old mind. Think about their brain. Their brain has been exercising six hours a day. Five days a week, you know, minus the summertime. When I'm talking about a school, they've been going to school now for so long that their brain is super, super sharp. They are learning things. They are learning facts. They are learning details, mathematic equations that most of us adults either forgot after we learned in school or never really wrapped our brain around because we just didn't pay attention back then in the day. Uh, they're so smart, but the problem is... Their critical thinking skills are just, they're there, but their decision-making skills, sorry, are not typically inexistent. Now, let's address this and let's talk about the way the preteen teen brain works. You know, if you think about it, right now their brain, just like their body, is transitioning from a child brain to an adult brain. So what's happening is all these new wires and synapses are running and racing through their brain so that they can transition again into that adult brain. And it starts from the back of the brain to the front of the brain, which is where we really want to focus our attention on right now. The front of the brain is called the prefrontal cortex, and that is where all of the decision-making skills are made. That is the last part of the brain to actually be rewired. So as intelligent as they are with these great critical thinking skills, all these mathematical equations, all these facts about history, facts about science that they can spit out, at the same time, they make some really dumb choices. Why did you jump off the roof into the pool thinking that you wouldn't break your arm? Why did you glue your sister's door shut with super glue? Now we have to take the door off. 
why did you play football right next to my brand new car and then run right into it and put a dent into the car? All these little dumb, dumb things that you're asking these preteens and teens why they did, um, talking to them like they're a little child, well, they're thinking in their mind, look, I can, I can do a math problem right now five times faster than you. Or I can solve this scientific uh, question faster than you can. Or you can't even solve it. I can tell you facts about history that you have no idea about. Maybe you did once in the past, but you don't know it now. I'm smarter than you, so why are you talking to me like I'm a kid? So you can see where this, uh, this intellectual tug-of-war is starting to happen. They have great critical thinking skills. They're loaded with a lot of uh, different facts. Um, and they, they can uh, solve certain problems really, really fast. But then again, their basic decision-making skills are not there, and they make some dumb, dumb decisions that you know your seven-year-old would never, ever do. So in their intellectual stage of development, here we have these high expectations for them, and usually we're let down, and then that's when adults try to treat preteens and teens like children, and that's where these preteens and teens start to build a wall between themselves and adults. Because they feel like they're highly intelligent, but they're treating like children. So you have to understand that this is their intellectual stage of development. Now, a couple of other expectations that you should have in their intellectual stage of development are you should expect them to hold back on intellectual challenges that are either too easy or too hard. Um, You should expect them to not apply a, a proper fine motor skill mechanics on physical techniques. It's just their intellectual stage of development. Usually they're just not really gonna pay attention too much to the task at hand. Um, Other things that you should expect from them when you're talking about their intellectual stage of development is not understand their intellectual capacity as it applies to learning a large amount of information at one time. One of the reasons why is because we treat them like children. So they don't really understand how smart they are. So these types of intellectual expectations, if we really try to uh, set our expectations parallel to where they are in their stage of development, we're going to get better collective results together. Now, let's go on and let's talk about their emotional stage of development. Thanks to science, they are typically all over the emotional spectrum. Now, believe it or not, this is more prominent than boys than girls. Let's talk about this for a second. When you think about a preteen or teen and you say, my preteen or teen is an emotional wreck. And usually you'll think, is it a boy or a girl? Usually you'll think it's a girl. Because when you think about girls, you think that they can be, you know, they get it out. They can, they'll whine, they will cry, they will scream. But it's also a release mechanism for girls. So they are getting their emotions out. There's nothing wrong with that. It's actually very healthy. Think about you personally when you have a rough day. You want to just hang out with one of your friends and you just want to vet with your, with your friend, your spouse, um, or your significant other. Uh, girls get their emotions out and that's part of their emotional stage of development. Boys are the ones that you really got to pay attention to because preteen and teen boys are like ducks. And what I mean by that is if you look at a duck above water, they're just smooth sailing across the water. But if you were to look underneath, their feet are kicking really, 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 really fast. And that's usually how they are in life. Most of the time when boys are under a lot of stress or they have a lot of things going on internally, they hold them in and they don't get them out, which means that they are more emotional and more stressed out than what they 
where they appear to be. And you want to keep that in mind in the stage of development. Just because you have a preteen teen boy that isn't showing external emotions does not mean that they are going through something uh, intense internally. So those are types of expectations you want to have. If you see a preteen or you're working with a preteen teen boy who seems calm and cool, think about what's going on inside and help work, help him work through those emotions. Um, things that you're going to expect from them also in their emotional stage of development is they're going to hold back if they're not emotionally engaged. So if you are if you're a sports coach um, or you're a teacher and they are not into what their task is or the topic is, uh, don't expect them to give 100% effort. It has to come intrinsically. And a great tip for that is how do you get a preteen or teen uh, intrinsically motivated to the task at hand? Best advice I can give you, give them choices. Here's an example in our martial arts class. We do what's called forms or katas. It's a pattern of movements. And a lot of preteens and teens just don't like forms. They're just to them, sometimes they may think, well, you know, they're kind of dorky or they could be very challenging or they're, they're physically exhausting and as you, their body's already going through all these changes, so it's just, it, it wears them out. So they just don't want to do them. So what I do in my classes when we're doing forms is I give them choices on how they want to practice their forms. I'll say something like, I want you to go in this area over here if you want to work on your form backwards. So you're going to start from the last move and go all the way to the first move. Or you can go in that front left corner over there and you can do your forms while holding weights. Or you can go into the top right corner area over there and you can do your form while you're blindfolded. Or you can go in this back corner over here to my right and you can do the form in slow motion. Pick which group you want to go to. Now that they've made a choice on which group they want to go to, they're going to be a little bit more intrinsically motivated to put forth effort. And then after five minutes, we'll switch. And I'll tell them to pick a different area to practice their form a different way so that I'm targeting different learning styles. So this is just one way to emotionally get your preteens and teens intrinsically motivated uh, to the task at hand. So let's talk about their final stage of development. This is their social stage of development. Now, remember that they care more about what their peers think than what you think. Now, this is very important, so let me say it again. They care more about what their peers think than what you think. Now, when I'm saying you, I'm talking about parents, teachers, coaches, and so forth. And the reason why is because, remember when we talked about the intellectual stage of development just a couple minutes ago? Usually, parents, teachers, and coaches are treating them like children, and they know that they have strong intellectual capacities, and you're not giving them enough credit for that. And of course, we know why we're doing that, because they make bonehead choices, but thanks to science, that's why they're doing that. So again, going back to the social stage of development, it's all about what their peers think. They are fiercely loyal to their friends. That is just their social stage of development. So we want to work with preteens and teens, not against them, especially in their social stage of development. So what you want to do is you don't want to use their friends as a punishment or threaten to embarrass them in front of their friends. These types of things can be very retroactive for them. And social comfortability is one of the most powerful strengths you can give your child or your student or your, your athlete. They need to be socially comfortable in their environment. This is going to help them build the confidence that they need and build the motivation that they need to succeed. 
So keeping that in mind, your expectations need to be parallel with their social stage of development. So expect them to hold back on things that don't feel comfortable, that seem a little bit embarrassing. It's going to be a defense mechanism for them. Uh, expect them to prefer to work with their friends, which can lead to immaturity on tasks that are too simple or over-challenging. Um, also, they usually prefer not to be in the limelight and receive constant praise in front of others. They don't like to be patronized. So strategies that you use in, in the social stage of development for 7- to 9-year-olds do not apply to your 10- to 14-year-olds. Make sure you work with them. Make sure that you know they care about what their peers think. So be a little bit more patient and be a little bit more cooperative with them when it comes to this stage. Okay, so that's my podcast for this week. I hope you enjoyed Melody Schumann Breaks, Down, Breaks It Down, and stay tuned for more.